So this yeah. big bastard over here, he uh, powerlifting, bodybuilding, and uh, some jujitsu. Oh wow! Yeah, yeah. that's awesome. Uh, I've wanted to do jujitsu. You'd kill. I really do, but I I've, I've been waiting until my shoulders. I think were everybody a bit more wants to up. do some jujitsu, right? I legitimately want to do the UFC, <laughs> but I don't want to get punched in the face. Kind of that kind of goes in right. The package. No, I yeah. know that. So I recently <laughs> did a little thing with James uh, James Krause, and he's a UFC guy. And um, like I put him through a workout, and then he we didn't have a ton of time because we were actually going to like roll and we were going to do a bunch of stuff, but we just hit mitts, and I had never hit mitts before. And then I let him choke me out, and I also choked out <laughs> someone too. People are like, "You're crazy!" I'm like, "Well, it didn't scare me to like go to sleep." Yeah. And I thought it would be, you know, what would you do for a view? Thought people thought the Instagram followers <laughs> would really like it, so I did it. Um, How was it? Was it weird? Yeah, you got so put weird. To sleep? Not yeah, just, yeah. Oh shit! Yeah, you, like choked me to sleep. <laughs> Have oh, you? God. No, I haven't been put to sleep yet. No. Uh. Uh-uh. Uh. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I heard. I mean, I was like... one of those weird kids. Like there was like a there was like a period of time like. You know, middle school where kids were like putting themselves to sleep. All, they were like passing themselves oh, out all yeah, the time. Yeah, 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 putting their hands on their necks yeah. and stuff. Yeah, 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 that kind of stuff. Yeah, <laughs> yes. went to some weird schools. What yeah, is this? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Southern Utah. You guys are some weird people. Yeah, Poughkeepsie, New York. Yeah, I remember yeah. kids would do it and their heads would just slam on the desk and everybody would like laugh. <laughs> in the middle, always, in the middle of I class. I was always like, "What are you guys doing? What's yeah. wrong with you?" Wow, we just sniff markers, like yeah, yeah, like a normal kid. <laughs> yeah, I ate just ate paste like a normal kid. Yeah, well, yeah, why not? No, but so I hit mitts and I really, yeah. I really liked it. It was funny because like their response too was, you know, I'm just, I'm an athlete. I played sports all growing up and they're like, you would do really well with the girls. Like pretty, you'd probably move through things like pretty fast <laughs> once yeah. you like learn some technique. And um, I'm like, I have, I've always like thought that that would be really interesting. And then doing that, I was like, oh yeah, this would be really fun. And I'm like, oh shoot, but I don't want to get hit in the face. The dancing background probably helps a lot, right? I yeah, mean, the body balance, awareness. right? And mm-hmm. be able to move your hips the right way and everything. But you wouldn't be able to be in the UFC because you're on so many steroids. Yeah, lots <laughs> of them. They would need to, I would need someone on the inside to let me know when they were going to come and test me, you know? How do you get past that on Instagram? Because I see that quite a bit on your Instagram because you got really defined shoulders yeah. and some big jacked arms and stuff like that. I, I even tried posting, a, I posted a video of my mom one time. And my mom like, look, has, my mom's jacked, my jerks. mom has big arms. And at the time she had just had back surgery. So she hadn't even trained for like, uh, like five months. And, um, I'm like, look guys, my mom must be on steroids too. <laughs> and it runs in the family, <laughs> you know, and it doesn't work. I mean, people just are ignorant and it's funny. Like sometimes when I read the comments, I just, I literally just laugh to myself. Cause I'm like, I mean, if you just were a logical person. Like you just legitimately thought logically about how humans were made. You'd be like, oh, you know, I guess she may have gotten some characteristics from her father, like broad shoulders. Although I got those from my mother too. I mean, I got it on both sides of the family. Mm. This guy over here, his name on Instagram is the Natty Professor. (laughs) I dug myself in a hole with that one. (laughs) Yeah, Yeah, because people are always looking at his Instagram like, no way you're Natty. I know. I actually just posted... um, I, re- I posted an old photo today, and it was me from, like, training for regionals 2018, and I'm on a runner, and I've got my coaches behind me, and I was lean. Like, coming back, honestly, coming back from my spine surgery, I spent so much, I literally, I mean, I, so that was, I've only got tested my body fat one time. I went and did the, not the pod, it's the one where you lay on the table and, like, scans you. Dexa? Dexa, Dexa that scan, one. Yeah. And I think that. Including organ fat, I was at like nine. Wow. Jesus. Yeah, that's really low. That's that's. 
crazy picture. Maybe, no, maybe 10. For sure not over 10. And that's when my friend was like, yeah, but that's including organ fat. You're probably closer to like nine. And um, I remember that trip, I was training and my coach was like, he had the conversation of like, I think you might be a little too lean. And I was like, nah, no way. Who Who is your coach? Is that uh Nick Fowler on the right. And then the other guy is the aerobic hey, conditioning guy, right? Yeah, that's Chris Hinshaw. Chris Hinshaw. He he has some really interesting things he does with people for conditioning. Um, what are some what are some things that he does that, that are unconventional that have gotten you in such great condition? Honestly, so currently I'm just working with Nick Fowler, but I have worked in the past a lot with Hinshaw. Um, he he plays a lot with for one, like what I like about his workouts is we're able to get a lot of mileage on my feet without just going out and running straight. So everything's done in these workouts with a lot of like intervals and different distances where it keeps the it keeps the athlete, at least for me, like very interested in my workout the whole time. Um, he does work a lot with looking at uh, like recovery, certain like through certain movements. Mm which would be something like in a workout, if light thrusters, I, you know, maybe there's running or there's all this endurance work and then you have like these light thrusters, like how can we get your body to be able to recover through that movement? If it's a super light movement, but maybe I, I could be someone where my, my legs are really fatiguing and I can't actually, or like recovering through a jog, like maybe in a workout, like at the CrossFit Games when I competed, there was a yoke carry, there was this workout where you ran the berm and you came in and you carried the yoke. And it was like so many rounds. And it wasn't a super heavy yoke carry. But when you'd go back on this run, it was like you needed to be able to recover on the run. But a mm-hmm. lot of people could not recover on the run. Mm-hmm. So he looks at things like that. And not just in running, but in like in rowing, in like high um, high rep thrusters that are really lightweight, in like light re- lightweight deadlifts, things like that. And plays with just doing the, that movement unloaded as during the rest in a workout so you could be on a rower and you're going to do a and you know do i don't know a 500 meter row and then during your rest period with a pvc doing thrusters Mm. no way added but just nice and slow and getting your body to be able to flush um, the fatigue through movement and through certain movements that maybe through history or like your track record as an athlete that movement might be like not your movement you always fatigue during that movement. So it's about finding new ways to get your body to adapt, to be able to do those things and do those movements and uh, recover during them versus just, I think, settling and being like, oh, well, that's just not my, I'm not good at that. And so he is, he does think outside the box. It's very, I really enjoy working with him. I have no idea how much, you know, like what he's doing for a lot of other athletes. But for me, it's just tying that to also a very important part of my training through brute we do a lot of interval weight training and it has a lot to do with um taxing yourself through weight training and then hitting an endurance portion and that's your score and then and then resting but a short recovery and then so many rounds of that same thing and like kind of moving through a couple different couplets so an example would be i would do really heavy clean and jerks and i would do like uh, six of them immediately get on the assault bike and it's max calories in two minutes. And then you would rest two minutes and you would do it again. And your score, it's about learning about your body too, because you can't, you cannot slack off and your calories should be increasing each round, but only by like one or two. So it's learning your threshold, learning where your max is and being able to push that threshold 
and be able to recover really fast. Because now you're have, you have to be able to recover in two minutes. So you're going for a max calories in two minutes, but you're also getting your body to adapt to where in two minutes of just sitting there, you can recover enough that you lift again and you jump on the bike again and you're getting the exact same number or slightly higher. So you should not see a drop off. So it's, it's a learning thing too about how, you know, about yourself. Do you think some females maybe make a mistake when they're going to the gym and they're thinking about like, uh, I just, I just don't, you know, I want to lose fat. I, I, I want to weigh less mm-hmm. and may, may, mainly their concentration is on, uh, some diet and, uh, cardio, and cardio, you know, getting on different cardio pieces. Do you think this high intensity kind of interval training would, would oh, yeah. benefit them a lot more and, yeah. and weightlifting? I know. Yeah. I noticed for me that if my intensity is, is lower but I might be doing the cardio or training, but if I'm not hitting those high intense workouts, um, it is harder for me to maintain like a tighter, leaner frame. And it doesn't mean, but you shouldn't be doing them every day too. Like it's like, you can't like overdo it. You can't like overtax yourself, but to sprinkle those types of things in, um, I think will be a great benefit. And also you should be, you know, lifting weights because your muscle burns fat. So it's like, you can't be scared to like build size. Just make sure you're doing the other pieces to help you have like a, a leaner frame. You're kind of sending your body the wrong signal. How do you feel about that in SEMA? Like if someone's just doing cardio, I mean, so it can be beneficial. And sometimes we utilize that. At a certain that, point, I you think know, Sometimes so. we use it to going into a bodybuilding show or something like that. Um, but it really seems to make a little bit more sense to kind of have some of these, uh, higher intensity workouts and you could still couple in some of the, uh, other, you know, slower, lower intensity things. But I think it does make a lot of sense to, to lift weights because when you lift weights, it's going to help you burn calories for the future and not only burn calories for the day, but when you do cardio, if you can kind of just think of it as that's really just burning calories for the moment that you're doing it, there's some science that shows some other things, but that's about what it does. And then if you go into doing higher intensity stuff, you, you might be strengthening, you might be building muscle and you might, in addition to that, you might be burning fat as well. Yeah. I found like, I, I totally agree with book and in, in terms of doing hit, it's really, uh, first off it's shorter, so it's nicer. I don't personally yeah. like doing really long cardio no, sessions. Same. And I found that it really, at least for myself and other individuals, it helps force production with weights mm-hmm. because like, you know, if you're doing like high intensity car on an assault bike, you're going as hard as possible and you're, you're fatiguing your quadriceps or whatever it is, um, with, with kind of like load. Um, have you ever, have you ever used a Wingate bike? Ooh. No, I've seen them. Oh, I just I haven't. Heard, I heard it's <laughs> oh horrible. Oh my God. Is, a, is the Wingate bike, is that where they're going to test your uh, VO2 max or they, is that? I think some people use it to test the VO2 max. I've only done a workout on it once. I've heard about it. It's, I've tested my VO2 one time, but we did it at a track mm-hmm. and we did it with 800 meter runs. Oh. Yeah. Like, Brutal. I, the way I like try to simulate the wind bike, gate bike, is if I use a bike that allows you to like mess with resistance, uh-huh. um, you'll pedal as fast as possible and you'll increase the resistance as fast as possible and try to maintain <sighs> that speed. That, I, I assign that to a lot of people and I've, I love that type of hit because it feels like I just had a quad workout. You know, I also find that it's like easier to maintain size. Like you mentioned, mm-hmm. you're able to stay a little bit leaner. You're probably maintaining a lot of your size too because of that hit. Yeah. Yeah. Um, you've been doing a lot of traveling lately. Yeah, I travel travel a lot. I try to, when I am going to be traveling, um, I try to, at least this is how it's worked better for me, uh, to group things all in the same time. Um, 
as far as packing goes, it makes things a little bit difficult. But I live in Santa Cruz, California, and it can be just kind of a pain in the ass to get in and out, like to get to the airport in San Jose, which is Santa why... Santa Cruz is uh, that where CrossFit came from, right? Yeah, that's where it started. Yeah, there you go. Yeah. There's a... Honestly, and you'd think that... It's so funny. You'd think that there would be like more hype around it there, but there's not, which is I'm fine with. No, no one cares. Yeah, no one cares. <laughs> They're like, what do you do? Uh, you want me to try it? No. So what have you been traveling for? What have you, what you been doing? Uh, this last travel, I went to I went to Orange County first. I just I have a collaboration with Gainsbox coming out. So we went and did a little photo shoot there. And then I also did a workshop there. We did a little meetup at a CrossFit, uh, which, OCCF, Orange Coast CrossFit, I think. <laughs> yeah. Sounds good enough. <laughs> yeah. It is OCCF, though. Um, did that. And then I went to L.A. I was meeting with um, a business partner of mine and a sponsor of mine, Greg Conley from Trifecta. We went and did the Fit, Con um, Fit Expo. I was not doing a booth there. Um, we just met up because he had some meetings there and I was meeting up I with some friends. I saw you down there. Yeah, I saw you. Mm -hmm. I saw Bradley and got to hang out with Dana for a little bit. Um, I was literally there for the day and then I flew from there to Phoenix, Arizona. I had a, <laughs> I had a dentist appointment. <laughs> And I was getting my hair done. I do get my hair done in Phoenix, Arizona. And it's fun for me because I also work with a company. For you Kia. fly out there to get your hair done? I do. That's oh, awesome. Wow. I know. But it <laughs> it works out on like a business front too because one of my sponsors is located there. Okay. So it's not, it's like, see, I like collect, I just like yeah. Yeah. group things together. Um, went there, was there for a few days. Also shot some new, some photos of some new leggings that I'm launching. So I did that while I was there with a photographer. And then I went from there to St. George, Utah. My dad had his 61st birthday. And so my family went to the cabin all weekend. So that was, that was really great. Um, and then from there, I went to Vegas. for. I had to meet with a company down. The Magic Show is happening, if you guys don't know what that is. It's a big like trade show for sourcing fabrics and apparel. And um, you can go down if you're a buyer for boutiques or stores. They go and they see all the new stuff coming out with different brands. You can buy... It was actually, I walked through all of that part and I was like, oh my God, it'd be so easy to just go broke in here. Like oh, all, yeah. all of your favorite brands with all these new items. I went to a thing like that and, and then they had like, they had like these backpacks and I was like, oh, these backpacks are really cool. I'm like, you know, you got other examples of them and, and the people didn't, they didn't speak English and mm -hmm. you know, I wasn't about eight, I wasn't able to communicate with them. <laughs> and, uh, so they're trying to tell me that all they sell is zippers they don't sell the backpack they don't make the backpack and i'm like well how do i get the backpack yeah i want this and i go to the backpack guy and it's like kind of the same thing they just make like the one thing on the other backpack or whatever i'm like how do we, is there anybody here that can help me kind of piece all this together so it's kind of hard to navigate yeah. that kind of stuff and apparel can be uh really difficult what what have some of these new uh ventures been like for you apparel's been really crazy i mean cool really crazy in a, in a very cool way. I'm growing as a business, like woman entrepreneur way, um, being able to understand a whole different industry that I really, and I still am learning. Like I'm, for me, I'm like, I just want to surround myself with people that are in that industry that like know what's going on. And then I can kind of learn from them. Um, and also like with you, like you said, like with sourcing, it's like if we find a manuf manufacturer that can like, you know, build, make a legging that I like, well, then what you're going to deal with is, uh, small differences that will happen. You know, like they produce you something really well for a while and then all of a sudden you get a shipment and you're like, what the fuck? I can't even sell this. Yeah. <laughs> you know, and it's like, so, so then you have to like go and it's like constantly changing manufacturers. And I've, I spoke with like Dana and Bailey. Um, her and Rob are friends of mine. And like when I was starting out everything, like I kind of 
got some information and some advice from them and because they've been doing it for a long time yeah, and been so that's been it. that's been very helpful like having friends that i'm i'm seeing and meeting that are you know they're willing to help me because they also want to see me be successful so i'm able to learn from like their mistakes and um also still having some of my mistakes but that's kind of part of the exciting you know that makes it exciting too is it's a gamble which i'm totally willing to willing to do with all this business stuff going on, are you able to still strive for the CrossFit Games? Um, no, <laughs> I'm not even. I'm not even like. I don't even play with like the idea of it anymore. That doesn't mean that I don't want to do the things that could get me there. Does it cause you some anxiety, like when? Because people probably ask you a lot. A that's lot. what you're recognized for. Yeah. for now, right? Yeah, a lot. It it used to be a little bit more, and I would definitely be a little bit more. Uh, not as honest not only with myself mm. in my answer but to them um like, just oh, because yeah, we'll see. just You've because just like, the, it like yeah because the idea is it's not because i don't want it but it's because i want a lot of things and now i'm just i'm realistic in what's the like what will be the most important for me long term and i always play the long game like that's kind of what i've i've always been like that and that's also what makes me different than a lot of other, I think, athletes that I've competed against when it comes to, you know, sponsorship or business and things like that. Some people want to look at it and say, oh, well, that's why you didn't put him at the games. Like, that's why. And it's like, well, that might be true. But I was more willing to, like, win my region, go to the CrossFit Games, finish top 15, while also building businesses and building relationships with, pe relationships with people that are going to give back to me and my community and build my brand long term. It's like, I want to be someone who matters to people far you know when i'm like not an athlete anymore yeah. versus your typical in which we're seeing it in crossfit now i mean i've been in the industry and like i've been i watched a lot of people before i started competing as an individual and those people are og and but you're getting to a point where only people that have been around a long time know their name mm. and you're also seeing that the only way they make money is they they have to own a gym I would love to own a gym, but I want to own a big fucking gym that I don't even have to be there. That's amazing. And, and I don't have to be there to work it. I want to be on the outside <laughs> while also doing a lot of other things. But you're seeing CrossFit athletes. Let's just talk about that because I know that more than any other industry. You're seeing athletes that even to train for the CrossFit Games, they're still working and they're owning an affiliate and you're working and owning an affiliate while also training for the CrossFit Games. And that's Some of them because, are even like champions. Yeah. And that's yeah. because... The percentage of people that can be successful long-term from our sport is so small, like so small. And it actually scares me a little bit because um, I talk to a lot of kids and teens and sometimes they really don't like my answer. You know, and my answer when they're like, their goal is they want to grow up, be a CrossFit Games athlete and be sponsored. And my answer to them is, I, it would, if I told you to not do it, I could be doing a huge disservice because you could, that really could be your goal. That could be like your future. And especially if you work hard for it. But what I do want to say to you is just don't wear blinders mm. and be willing to do a lot of things until you have to choose one path because it's very clear that that's your path. And even then don't wear blinders because life is so short pay attention to the opportunities that are coming your way and be realistic in like what matters the most long-term versus short-term. You know, I think that I would love to be able to train, compete at the CrossFit Games again. But what I would love more is to be still considered one of the fittest, 
and train and compete and be able to go and do competitions and participate and still, I mean, people, what I've learned is people just love to watch me compete. And it took me a long time to learn that it didn't matter if I won or it didn't matter if I went to the CrossFit Games. Like my, the love people have for me or that I have for myself was for so many other things that had nothing to do with where I placed in a competition. But for a long time, I had put so much of my worth on me being a CrossFit Games athlete. And that was around the time when I went to the games. And it's like, after you go to the games, like I can't ever not go. And right. if I compete, I can't ever not go. Oh, qualify. why didn't you make it? It's like, well, it's really freaking it's hard. It's really hard. Yeah. <laughs> you know, and so it just took me a little bit of time and a little bit of like self reflection and also like growth as like a human and a person to also just realize like I'm, I'm so much more than that. And it's easy to say that, but I think that, well, I know that even though I knew that, inside I had so much I was scared or fear or uh like insecurities that I wasn't I wasn't quite sure if I knew it but like outwardly I knew it I knew that I was worth more than my you know, where I place in a competition but inwardly I was like I don't know <laughs> it's hard you're gonna always gravitate towards uh your identity uh, it's the hardest thing to to really try to change or to fix yep. somebody says uh you're sloppy or you're always late or you're always and it's it's hard to get out of that habit of always being and, and you probably, you know, as a person, we'll say it to ourselves, we'll, we'll reinforce that. Mm -hmm. Oh yeah, I'm always late. You know? yeah. And then you just say it. You just let it be. Yeah. You, you let it be. And it's, it's, um, it's not impossible to change, but it, it can be very, very difficult. And when, for you, your identity was almost stripped away, mm -hmm. you know, with the injury, um, and not being able to compete for a long period of time. And that can be really devastating. And that's, that was probably a blessing in a it, lot of it ways. Really, it really was. And I think. A huge eye-opening piece of that and just to like this whole, you know, like my purpose or like my. We're going to get a little weird here. Everybody bear it's with us. It's about to get really weird. But like, for <laughs> instance, I just, I was very scared to compete because I, I was really nervous for the Open in 2018 because I had just had spinal surgery <laughs> and I wasn't able to train for eight weeks and I had so much atrophy and I had, you know, I did the Open and it was really hard and I qualified and it was like, oh, okay, here we go. I go to regionals, you know. There's some events that I already know beforehand that are going to be really hard for me because of what I had just gone through, you know, and I was very nervous. And like the first few events, I was in like getting into a headspace that was feeling very much like I, I know where I was. I know what that feels like. And I don't have that. And it, and, and as much as I feel like I should be there and this should feel like this, it doesn't. And it's out of my control. So it was very, it was like a very frustrating feeling at competition. I remember my coach came up to me and um, I had just had some bad events and it was out of my control. It wasn't because I wasn't trying. It wasn't because I didn't train. It's because that's just where I was in my recovery. And that's what I had. And that's what I gave. You know, and he kind of said, he's like, this is, this can be a huge defining moment for you and in your competition and in your training for you to be able to, you know, turn this shit around and don't feel the way you're feeling, like feel it now and then, and think of it more as like a, a, a way to grow, you know, and I was able to do that. And I had some really great events at regionals. And what's funny is like, I'm out there and I can hear people yelling for me, but it wasn't until after that I had so many people come up to me saying, you know, cause I was in the first heat <laughs> every event. And the feedback that I got was that the first heat of every event was the loudest heat and the cheering section in my lane was the loudest cheering section 
you know, and that really was like something where, like say like social media, you speak to your fans, you speak to your, your, your team, your people, and but you don't really get a lot of language back. You do through comments and stuff, but like if you tried to really <laughs> be in there all the time, it'd be very hard and exhausting. But also, I'm not going to say that it's just a comment. I read comments, you know, and I do try to respond to people to let them know that I hear them, you know. And But that was the first time that the number of followers I have on my social, like that number of like how many people I can engage with and that want to engage with me. It was the first time I felt it in real life mm. and felt the support in real life. And that was very important for me. Um, just with the idea of, you know, realizing that it's okay with where I'm at and that people that follow me or that, you know, support me, like they could care less too. And I really went into it thinking this experience is going to just make me more relatable, which will give me, will make me more powerful and able to, you know, being able to influence people in a really positive way. I can now relate to more people because of what I've gone through and what I chose to attempt to do and what I'm doing today. Whereas a lot of people would, there's no way they would have had their neck fused and within less than a year be back to competition. You know, I didn't qualify. I didn't like win events, but I did really well. And just the fight and just me trying, that was able to help more people than if I either wouldn't have done it or if I would have won, you know. It feels great to be good at something, but then like in our effort to try to be great for something, uh, can be maddening, you mm -hmm. know, it can really be like damaging. And I think that's a reason why we, we pick up new things because mm -hmm. we want to try, we try something different. We try to like almost shift gears. And when you start that new thing, whether it's business or jujitsu, uh, your perspective on it is, okay, I got to treat this the way that I treated training mm -hmm. and uh, I'm going to baby step my way in my way into it. But being competitive, being like highly competitive and like wanting to do really well, can be a trap because like you're starting this thing out for fun. Mm -hmm. You're starting this new thing out for health. You're starting this new thing out for some kind of bigger cause. And then it turns into something else. Mm -hmm. And, uh, with, uh, with Insim over here, he's, uh, been doing jujitsu for a while and he went to a tournament last year and he's determined to get back there and win. You know, I think one of the, one of the false things that we think about when we're thinking about these kind of things is, is, uh, we think that, I'm going to go to worlds and I'm going to, I'm going to win this time around and it's going to make me happier. It's going to give me joy or excitement and you won't be any happier then than you are today. You know, a lot, and I know you hear people all the time, you got to enjoy the journey and you're like, what the hell are they talking about, yeah. man? Enjoy the journey. But it really is, you know, you really do have to enjoy the beginning process of it. Uh, I've told people at seminars before, I've like, I'd give, give a piece of my left ear to feel the way that some of you guys feel about yeah. training because they're just starting. Yeah. And I'm like, man, that's a wonderful spot to be. There's certain exercises they never even tried before. Yep. Um, a hundred percent. I mean, one thing that like I, one way I was able to spin my recovery in a positive way was thinking, I'm excited that I get to, I, I get to redo things that n most people don't ever get to experience again, which is starting over. Even with like my body and like diet, right? And like getting back into wanting to, you know, be stronger, be leaner. It was like, I get to start over. I get to go through these steps like again, which a lot of people, we do it once, you know, and you don't do it multiple times. And so I really looked at it that way to, instead of being like beating myself up for either my, what I got on a workout or know what weight I was pulling even though in the moment it was very discouraging to realize like I can't even pull like literally I was like I started deadlifting 
And I couldn't pull 175 pounds for more than like three reps. I mean, and that was like, because I couldn't grip it. I had lost, I had so much nerve damage that my hands, I couldn't grip the bar. And like, that was like really, it was very sad, you know, but for me to able, for me to look at it and I had that positive spin on, this is actually exciting because I get to re-experience all of these changes again. And if I really pay attention, you know, and be in the moment and look at the small victories, it'll be, I'll be more proud of myself at the end of it. And it will mean more. You know, I think about when I won the region in 2015, I remember like, this is like this, you could probably relate to this, you know, they announced who won. And I remember like, there were people that like didn't qualify or some people that did qualify and they were just like sobbing. And I'm standing there and I'm like, why are you fucking crying? <laughs> like, to me, it was like, I just, I did exactly what I was supposed to. I was so proud of myself because I, I did what my coach told me to do and that was my plan and I did it. But it honestly was really hard for me. And I never told anyone this. It was really hard for me to like be proud of myself. I remember that my mindset was just like on to the next thing, you know, and it's like sad because that was like something that I worked so hard for and I accomplished it and I never saw myself winning. I definitely saw myself going to the CrossFit games where I never saw myself winning my region. I didn't win one event that year and I won. I was just so consistent. You know, when I did what I, I showed up, my coach said, do this. I did that. And I, and it was great. I had so much fun all weekend, but at the end of it, and they're like, you won. I was really pumped. But even then it's like, okay. You know, and it was, and it was uncomfortable for me. Like I've gotten better at taking compliments because like I never did before. It was very hard for me because I think I never wanted anyone to ever feel like I thought I was better than them. I'm someone who hundred percent, I would rather give my success away and share it so everyone around me is like with me than to ever feel like I'm I have more than you but what I've been able to do is even change the way I think about that and be more proud of how hard I've worked and this is what I have and it doesn't and it's like I'll help you but I'm also going to be proud and talk about the things that I've done and the success that I've had because I should be able to. It's very, it's, it's exciting. And whereas before it was, I would much rather just like dumb it down, you know, and I'm in a, I'm in a much better place now. And I think learning like for like competition, like learning to be proud of, you know, what you're doing and then learning, learning that it's okay to like be successful is super important. And I do wish that at like at regionals 2015, I would have been in a, a much different mindset so I could have enjoyed or like lived that moment more than I did. But, you know, I hadn't yet gone through some like really low lows <laughs> that that is why I can now think about things the way that I do. And I can talk to people about them the way that I do, because I had to go through some really shitty dark moments. And it's and I'm happy I went through that. You know, it's, it was really crappy at the time, but it's uh, it's kind of, you know, it's what makes you who you are the good and the bad you feel like now you have better perspective like you were kind of saying you know the other people were crying and uh <laughs> do you feel like as you've matured um you know over the years and had your own own ups and downs and things like that you think you can be like a little bit more empathetic towards that and kind 100%. of be like oh i cry I, so I, much I, now I, okay yeah I'm a, I'm a crier yeah. man i've like i okay this is kind of so i do acting classes um i did the movie currently you do yeah movie? yeah um i actually just i just uh, is this all an act right here? <laughs> I've actually been acting this whole time. Holy shit. Yeah. I've got a hidden camera over there. I'm going to send it to my acting teacher. <laughs> she gave me my, I'm just kidding. 
No, but I started doing acting classes after Wonder Woman because it was recommended to me because they wanted me to do more of film stuff. I got to first of all say that that's great that you took them up on that because so many people uh, that live like in the Los Angeles area or that have ever been like an extra in a movie, yeah. they always think that they're going to be a movie. They, they're, they're always thinking they're going to be a movie star. They think because they have a couple headshots and because they look good, they're just going to end up in movies and they're going to be like The Rock. And it's like, hey, you know what? Acting is really, 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 really hard. hard. It's it's really brutal. So that's great that you uh, that you actually went through with that. Yeah, they basically um, they said you know, you you need to you need to train your acting muscle like you do your your mu other muscle. And it was like that's kind of how they communicated it to me. And I was like, yeah, I get that. You know, I did musical theater all growing up, so uh, being able to play a part or be in a role is something I was familiar with. But when you act like for film over musical theater it's it's very different and we in class she'll they'll send you they'll give you a scene and when we first started you learn how to break down the scene you learn the way that they teach us and like what's kind of cool is I don't have any prior uh experience or, or I never took classes and so it makes me a little bit, and I'm willing to just do whatever. Like, I'm willing to just, like, go out on a limb and maybe be really crazy and, like, uh, you know, because at least I will have tried and I will get better. And so they kind of teach you. It's not about playing a role. It's about being being you in that role. So through the character, through the what's happening, who you're talking to, what is the storyline in that moment it's you they say bridging so it's like this idea where whoever this character is that maybe you're talking to it's do i know anyone in real life that like whatever this relationship is here i can compare that to an experience that i've had in my life that it compare to to this you know anything like that it's about bridging real experiences and people and things that you've done to connect to the script. So when you're having a conversation or you're going through this, it's very real. Um, and so we have always done stuff like that. And so I think like <laughs> we always get these like really sometimes like emotional <laughs> like scripts that we have to do in class. And one of the first things you do before you even do the scene is you have to do a improv monologue. So you'll come to class and it's like so many people that week are doing improv monologue. And how you do it is if you've done your homework on this scene and you've done your bridges and you've connected to the script, then what you're going to do is you basically sit up in front of class and if you have, if you are like really in, you know, that mode, uh, then you just, you just talk to our teacher. And so the way I've always kind of done it is I sort of, based on what the, is in the scene, I sort of talk about it's like talking to a best friend and you're just like unloading on them. So there's no dialogue, but they're just listening to you. It's like if someone were just like listening to you and you've had like, you went through something, I'm going to tell you about it. And there have been multiple times where they're just like these like sad scenes. And I'm just like so easily, I can cry so easily. And people like just die over it. And it's just because I have just had some rotten <laughs> experiences. And I'm like, and it's, so it's, the thing in like that's in that sense like i am just any more of an emotional person and i can understand and feel for you so much more than i ever could before and that's not just it's like for people you know and it's like 
in one sense, maybe I'll just cry too easy, easily, <laughs> but in the other, I'm, I feel like I can find that um, this role that I play for a lot of people is someone who I can really make you feel better. And it's not from me pretending to know what you're going through. It's like I really can, I really want to listen to you and I really want to, you know, help you through something. And so like my lows are sad, but I'm really able to as if I'm being vulnerable and if I am genuine, I can really use them. And even as sad as they are, I can, you know, connect with a lot of people and help other people get through a lot of lows. And I think that that's super important. And now I know, you know, it can, you know, it's, it's something that I'm like definitely like meant, like meant to do. And I've played that role for my family for a long time, like since I was really little, like for my dad, for my sisters. And like now I'm doing it for people that I don't know, but that I feel like I, they all feel like they know me. And people will come up to me, they meet me and they're like, I feel like I've known you for so long. And I'm like, good. Wow. You know, it's like, that's kind of the point. Like I, and I love that the compliment I get too is like, you're just how I thought you would be. And I'm like, well, shit. Like people there's. People probably want to come up and like hug you, right? Yeah, like, I hug a lot of people. And you're like, whoa, like, I mean, I'm sure it's like, it's fine because you realize they're fans, but yeah. it's a little weird, you know? I hug a lot of people. I mean, well, I'd like to hug yeah. too, though. Yeah. But by the end of like, weird. by the end like of the a day. Random, <laughs> random guy at the airport or something, kind of, you know, without saying hi first. Yeah. Know? Like, hey, what's going on here? Yeah. <laughs> no, I do. I, it's so funny because I used to pri I, like, pride myself in like being able to like hug people, mm -hmm. like friends. Yeah. But now I hug a lot of people that like, you know, they weren't friends before, but they are friends <laughs> you now. Get, you're getting a hug no matter what you do. <laughs> yeah. Um, I literally, I would tell people, like, I, I pride, I would pride myself in my ability to hug because it, it, to make, like, it makes you feel better. And I had friends, like, coaches I, I coached with, like, when they'd have a hard day, it was like, they'd come over and I'm like, come here. Right. It's like, it's an embrace. It in, There's a difference between, like, an embrace, you know, where you feel safe. And, uh, and I, I do that for people. You know, I'm curious, Brooke, because like you've you've made some strides, like obviously Wonder Woman, and you also do some TV. I think, yeah, right? I just did. I, which is very cool because it was the first time I made an audition that had nothing to do with my success at anything else. Yeah, it was my teacher submitted me for a casting, and they had she had submitted me for a show called uh, Black Lightning. It's on CW. It's on Netflix. I know that show. Okay. Yep. And it was for this role, and it was like a bigger role. And I had to do a self-tape. So I went and worked with her. And this is like, self-tapes are weird, man. And even just auditioning is weird. Because when you actually are in the scene playing your role, it's so much easier to be in it when everyone is with you. Yeah. You know what I mean? When you're, though, by yourself, imagining shits around you. <laughs> <laughs> like, you have, and like, that's where it's like the hardest, that's like the hardest thing. So I did a self-tape. I sent it in. Um... I didn't get the role, but the crazy part is, is when I was in, I was in Brazil for an event and my, I get this email from my acting teacher and she's like, they, they've casted me as for this different role. So what was cool is they liked me enough. Like it was clear, it was clear that I wasn't for this other role. And once I saw the woman who got the role, I was like, yeah, it's clear that I wasn't for me. Uh, they kept me around because they knew they wanted me for something else that wasn't until the end of the season. So I ended up going back. We filmed in Atlanta. And I filmed two episodes. So it's episode, the last two episodes of season two. I'm not even sure if they're out yet because I went on Netflix and you can't even watch season two yet. So I'm not sure if it's only on TV and then they'll put it on Netflix after. But they liked me a lot. And I blew them away with, my, with stunts. So I ended up doing 
almost all of my stunts because our whole our whole episode for the final episode was all fight scenes, and I got lines. There yeah, I, I, I had some lines, which was very cool. But um, so then on set, like the like the director was like, "Do you would you want a career also in stunts?" And I'm like, "Yeah." Like hundred percent. Yeah, you make more money. <laughs> yeah, you know. Your so SAG, SAG card for stunts too, right? But it would be very cool. And so what I'm hoping, because I was there with um, what's his name, UFC fighter. There's a lot There's of a lot. <laughs> he is. Uh, my balls was hot. Oh, that guy. Yeah, the guy from Texas. Uh, I forget what his uh, name from, is. Yeah, from Houston. Yeah, Person yeah. From, no, he's in Dallas. What's his name? I forgot his name. He's, I know. I have it in huge. my phone. I'll find it. Hmm. Derek Lewis. Derek Lewis. There it is. He is awesome, by the way. Big, huge, just like so quiet. You'd never know. So quiet, like giant teddy bear. <laughs> yeah, so, after like, the fight, he took his shorts off, right? And he's yeah, like, my ball. <laughs> Joe my Rogan balls interview was like, why'd you like, take excuse me, like, why did you take your shorts off? It's like, my balls is hot. <laughs> yeah. So funny. But like him and I, there's three of us that are in our team. And um, <clears throat> look at me, I'm like giving stuff away. Uh, him and I don't die, you know? And so, and they loved us. They really loved us so much. I had, a fan, I had a better experience doing that than like the big films just because it was a little smaller and um, all of the people were so nice, like all of like the, the director and like all these people and I'm hoping they bring us back for season three because they just introduced our characters the very end of season two, but I won't know, you know, for a little while. Yeah. With all this stuff going on, training and, and uh, you know, trying to keep your... You know, keep your friends, keep your family, mm -hmm. and you got these businesses going and everything. How are you able to hold it all together, or or do you hold it all together? Um, <laughs> it's very hard. Um, I definitely have, like, when I am home, I really try to in spend and invest time with each of my really close friends. Uh, that list, I have a lot of friends, but some of the people that I really try to invest time with are the ones that really, like, you all matter. Like the ones that like, I know that they are listening real close. <laughs> like, wait, what? They understand me so much that like they, they know who I am and they know that when I'm gone or I'm working, if I'm not talking to them, it has nothing to do with me not loving them, but it has everything to do with me just being someone who likes to invest my full attention with the people that I'm around. And sometimes it's hard to be in a million places at one time, you know? And so when I'm home, we, and we plan trips and like, they look at like, when are you, when's your next trip? Where are you going? You know, when are you going to LA again? We'll all go. You know, and we, some of my friends, we do that with one another and we go a couple days early, you know, and then I stay for work or if I'm working during the day, then we all go to dinner at night or something like that too. Um, my family's fantastic. I just got back from home. Um, my business partners are actually in St. George, Utah. So that was like a big reason why I chose to kind of work with, with, uh, Jacob Hutton because now it's like, I can go home cause I have to go home. Like that's work. You know, I remember I called my dad and I was like, Hey dad. I was so pumped to tell him that, like, that I was now going to be working there because now I get to come home. You know, other than that, like getting to Southern Utah is such a pain. Um, the airport's super small. Now I can get flights in there because it's growing a little bit. But before you have to fly to Vegas, drive two hours. So it's, it's not like an easy stop in and spend some time with the family. It's like a, it's like a big ordeal to kind of get there and then get out. Um, I am doing what I can to spend some time with the people that, that love me and, and, and understand me the most. And I really love hustling and I really love business and building brands. And, and I like that I can, it's very hard to like be a very positive influence and in someone who can be, 
be there for so, like millions of people. And sometimes it's like, oh man, I don't know if I want that. But at the same time, I'm like, if I don't take this opportunity to be someone who can be like a shining light or someone who's really good for millions of people, how can I expect like other inf- like influential people to do their job? Like we all need them. Yeah. You know? And so I kind of take it a day at a time. If I can spend time with people, I do. If I'm thinking about someone, I'll send them a text just like, hey, I'm thinking about you. And then if they want to have a conversation, I'm like, hey, can't do that right now. <laughs> I just wanted to say hi. <laughs> and uh, if I, you know, I, if certain things aren't working or some close friends get upset or mad, I really have to just kind of like let it go because it is important to me to do business. And I think that sometimes, and I've had people say things, you know, like, you know, like, isn't it so hard to travel all the time? And wouldn't you rather do this? And I'm like, well... It is hard, but like, it's okay that I want to be successful. And I think in a lot of times, like the little bit of like negativity or stuff that kind of make you question what you're doing comes from a place of insecurity from people, you know, and, and I've had that with like extended family members of mine. And I just look at them, I'm like, hey, wouldn't you, if like you didn't have kids and you had an opportunity to like travel and like, and help people, wouldn't you do that? You know, and they're like, well, yeah. You know, I think that some people just, and my dad told me a long time ago when I started to really start feeling this, uh, so many people wanting my attention and I couldn't give it to everyone. And then people getting really upset and being very vocal about it. My dad said, you know, the more you do, the more time people are going to want more of your time and you don't have more time. So you're, you're just going to have to be okay with kind of maybe feeling like you let some people down, you know, if as long as you are continuing to do the things that need to like help you move forward. And it's, it's like a push pull and something that like sometimes feels like things are going great and sometimes feels like things are falling apart. But I try to just take it one day at a time. You talk about your parents a lot. Are they kind of a rock for you? Oh yeah. And both my parents are business owners. So, and both of them are just like powerhouse. Like they own a business together. They own separate, separate. They do not work together. (laughs) (laughs) No. Um, I remember, like, when I was probably really young, my mom was working in my dad's office. He's a construction, he owns a big construction company. Before that, he, he ran and owned a feed mill. And um, my mom owned a bagel store. And she was a, she's an amazing cook. And she is a very powerful woman. And she learned, like, they cannot work together. They're both just very dominant um, determined motivated people that can like for them they can like butt heads and they found that like that was just really bad (laughs) like and for like home and uh yeah so they do their own thing and now my mom i mean years ago she sold her bagel store but she's still i mean she's super grandma and she like it's like those things like your mom you're like how the hell do you you literally you get older and you think about these things it's not when you're young but when you're older you're like holy shit like you got us all to all of our sports you like brought me lunch you did the laundry. You made dinner. Like, <laughs> yeah, where'd you, you find the time you for this? the house. You know, like, where did you find the time? And then to like, still be like nice. It's like, I'm like exhausted and I'm like, I've used up all my nice. Yeah. <laughs> yeah by, by the end of the day. I have day, to like you're... be by myself on the couch watching Netflix <laughs> at the end of the day sometimes. Does uh, your husband travel with you sometimes? Sometimes. Yeah. Since he, like, since CrossFit, um, blew up their media department <laughs> yeah they got rid of everybody they right? literally yeah got rid of everyone um 
he started coming with like for sponsors and stuff a bit more. And then before that, he would come when he could. Um, but at the end of the day, you know, people would always ask, like, aren't you like, why doesn't, why isn't Marston with you? Or why isn't your husband traveling with you? And I would just tell them, like, well, do you go to work with your significant other? Like, I ain't going to his job. Like, he wouldn't want me sitting in his office all day. <laughs> yeah, right. Like, actually, he might, because we work pretty well together with me being able to, like, sort of help him through with ideas. Like, when you're someone who you're, you're artistic and you're just editing all the time, sometimes you need some fresh eyes, right? So, like, I do play a pretty, pretty big role for him in that. Um, but for me, I'm someone who I'm so sensitive to energy and I'm so sensitive to, if it's people that I know, like I care more about like what you think or you need. So if I'm going somewhere where I need to play this role of like, I'm an athlete and I'm there for all of you, I'm like at a workshop and I'm there to coach you. I know you, but I don't, I don't know you personally. I can give you my time. I'm gonna give you all my energy and attention, but if I have people there that I also am so worried about them being okay or I need to like take care of them, um, it can be a little bit harder for me to be here and be here. So when I travel a lot and if I'm going for certain things, um, it's sometimes if we're, we're just moving so fast and we're with a lot of athletes, it's like I just, I get in that. Also why I said like I'll go somewhere and people won't hear from me because I do like and like Sam Dancer's a good friend of mine, same way. And it's just because you go somewhere and if you're around a lot of people, they're just, I'm just being present with you. And that some, me a lot too. And some people yeah. might, I've met people that are like, yeah, but I, you know, I'm still, I can still like send a text or I'm doing this. And it's like, well, congratulations. Yeah. <laughs> like you're really good at multitasking. But like for me, unfortunately, I will give all my energy to the people that I'm with. And I think that's also plays a big role why I have built the following that I have and why people feel like they get like a genuine piece of me. But at the end of the day, I'm drained, <laughs> you know? And so I go back to my room or back home and sit by myself and silence and quiet. And it's not always and, easy. And try to be around people that don't need something from me. Yeah. It's not always easy for my wife to deal with uh, the fans and the, you know, hmm. people that I run into and the girls and the, you know, whatever I run into at expos and wherever else I'm going. Uh, how does your husband, how does he deal with, uh, you got over a million followers. How yeah. does he deal with it? Uh, he he loves watching me be successful. Yeah, he, Mars is very easygoing. Um, like when we travel to, it's funny because now he gets it. It's like my, for my YouTube channel, like my like crew are all like, Anytime we go anywhere, it's like right. they're wondering where they're all at. And I'm like, well, they have jobs. <laughs> right. Like I'll travel and my best friend Gina, you know, people are like, where's Gina? Where's Gina? I'm like, at home. <laughs> like, I, I can't take her everywhere. Believe me, if I could, I would take that woman everywhere. Um, but yeah, I, we go travel now and people want photos with Marston. And all like when he's gone, like for like a, show, a competition or something, like I'll get tagged in so many photos of people like getting photos with him and Heber. And it's a, uh, it's a very... He's very supportive of that. Like it's not, and if if he was, he if he wasn't, he hides it extremely well. <laughs> so no, he uh, he loves to watch me be successful. He it, it it pumps him up. It fires him up. You know, I'm curious because you have so many different brands you work with and so many yeah. businesses you own. Do you ever have like long for you periods of time where you're just not feeling it, where you're down? And is there anything you do that consistently gets you back to where you need to be? Yeah, I definitely have lulls. Um, Usually there's certain people that can do it for me. Two in particular 
is like a, like Sam Dancer and Jared Stevens. They're two of my like closest friends. And collectively, we kind of play that role for one another. And we've always had this, we've always shared like certain sponsors too though. So like when we would go to an event for a sponsor, we'd always get there and all of us would, might be like tired or going through some personal stuff. And by the time we leave, we're all, we're all uh, re-energized and ready to go back to training and ready to work. Um, for me, it's like sometimes just alone time and yeah, just like quiet and having like, if I'm, if I'm constantly, you know, I'll get overwhelmed sometimes. Like it's, it's different. Like if things aren't happening business wise, I'm overwhelmed that I'm not doing enough. If I'm have a lot of emails coming in and things I'm needing to remember to do, I'm overwhelmed that I can't get it all done. <laughs> and so what I found is I, I have a, I have an assistant that I hired almost a year ago. It'll be a year in, I want to say maybe like July. And she is slowly, um, you know, I've been able to go like Jesus take the wheel, which was terrifying. Yeah. Because if she fucking crashes, <laughs> I'm pissed. <laughs> but you ha- I've learned like you have to do that. Mm-hmm. And so that's been very helpful to be like, hey, I actually, I have a business email and I had it coming, it goes to her and I've had it coming into my email when I first got it. And then finally I, I text her and I was like, I erased it from my phone. This is now that if something comes through, I need to try, I need to be able to trust you that you have, you know, you have uh, my best, you know, intention. Like you just have the best intention for like what would be good or bad for me that then you'll just forward it to me if I need to see it. And that's kind of the first, it was like the first step. And I was like, Okay. Also terrifying, though, because I'm like, what if she misses something, <laughs> you know? And I've got now an employee who she runs my Enswear Instagram, and she's crushing it. And then I've got a new employee that she is doing all of my blog posts and writing my newsletters. And also I have her. She lives, she lives by me. So, like, when I'm doing stuff at home or I'm, I'm currently building out my, an office with a, home, with a gym. Cool. And so she's been able to help a lot with that. So I'm slowly, like, adding people to my team that are able to help me feel relief. And then it's just important to have certain people, I think, in your life that they understand, like, I don't have to tell you what I need from you. I don't have to, you just know me so well or you care about me so much that you can see it and you just, and it just feels good to be with them. And I have like some really good friends like that. I have some that are athletes that when I travel, when we, when we meet up, we know that that's what we do for one another. And um, that's probably the the best thing that's able to like fill me up. I, mean, I, I think of it as like a cup of like a cup. It's like by the end of something, I'm empty. Yeah. And sometimes it's like a very, it's a feeling of like, I, I can almost compare it to someone who like wants to lose a bunch of weight. Cause I'll talk to people about this. It's like, well, sometimes you fall off the wagon and it feels like your goal is so far away that you're just like, you just can't do it. So it's like, for me, it's like, sometimes I can be so empty that it's like, I know that I need to be more energized or like hustling or, you know, moving more or like training more. But at the same time, I'm like, I'm so tired and I need help, but I don't know what I need. But I've been able to find that I have people that they don't even, they're not doing it intentionally. They just, I think that they just care about me and we, we work really well together in such a way that they just fill me back up without me having to ask them to and without them even having to try. And it can be hard maybe to find people like that, but when you find them, don't lose them because they can be very helpful. 
are things uh, harder for you now or are they easier? You know, you've, you've been through a lot of different things, a lot of these injuries and, uh, you were trying for the CrossFit games, you made the CrossFit games and, and now you're probably switching gears. Who knows, who knows what CrossFit yeah. will bring you. Right. Um, but you're, you know, diving into business and doing other things Are things easier or harder for you nowadays. Um, they're hard, but hard in, in an exciting way, hard in like a risky way, which makes things like very exciting. And I find that something that I've done, like with a lot of the business that I have, um, one, I think that I, I think I have proven to myself that I just have, I can get like a really good read on people. And maybe that's something that I've just learned from my parents. Maybe that's just the way that I, the way that I think or the way that I watch and listen to people and observe people. Um, I've been able to have a pretty good track record of connecting with either people that are now my business partners or companies that are ran by very cool, motivated, and like successful people. And through that is, uh, you know, I've been able to, if I am having a stressful time or things are really hard, I can kind of reach out to some of those people because my relationships with them are so, so good that I can get through the hard times. And I have to, I remind myself too, because sometimes either it could be from a comment from someone that like, I really care what you think, um, could make, makes, make me feel like, oh shit, like almost like, am I like not cut out for what I'm doing? <laughs> you know, like oh, maybe I'm like actually not good at what I'm doing. And I went through um, imposter syndrome after 2016 regionals when I didn't qualify. I was one point away from qualifying. And I had so much like walls built up and um, insecurities that were just things that I like thought could possibly all, be real. I think all hot chicks say that, that they have walls <laughs> built up. I've been given that speech many times. Maybe the walls were just for me. I don't know. <laughs> I had a lot of walls built up. Yeah, yeah. But I went through that and it was like a, and that's something that I don't think that will ever like go away. It's something that like I'll, I will happen occasionally too. It's it can be triggered by someone I really care about. You know, just the way that you communicate with me, it might make me feel like, um, I could be like failing, even though I'm not failing, you know? And so I do a lot of self-reflecting and a lot of practicing talking with certain people that I trust and like getting thoughts out to like work them together versus me. Like I'm an introvert. I, I'm an, I'm very good at extroverting, but I do like internalize a lot of stuff and try to like fix things on my own. And something I've found that's very helpful with going through business and doing these new ventures that like I really have no <laughs> I have no like prior experience doing it's being more willing to do that and being very willing to learn from mistakes and connecting with people that are just good successful people that you know we have a common goal and that's to help people be successful but help as many people as we can along the way and nothing is selfish I would so much rather build something that is so big and have everyone involved winning than to ever try and keep something all for myself. Like I would 100% want to start a business and have like multiple business partners where we all win than to ever be like, no, 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 it's all mine. You know, so when I meet people that I can tell and I've like almost started working with some people where like just, and it's just from my ability to watch your actions and to observe you and how you talk to me and um, how you respond to things, like I, I can see that you are you are more concerned about getting your own than helping me. 
And if I feel that and see that, I will never work with you. I will still like, I mean, I'm not going to like not be like, not like be friendly to you, but I can see that like, that's a bad idea, (laughs) you know, because one, I would never do that to you. And two, I don't want to like invest my time and money into someone who is more concerned about themselves than me when I'm the one that's you're, you know, you're using me to get what you want. So, and I've luckily, I've been able to observe that in certain people and I've been able to not get stuck in something that could, you know, be sort of negative for me. And I've been able to work with people that have the same mindset, which is like our big goal is the long game. And it's, it's not about what can I have today? It's about what can I have five, 10 years from now? And how many people can I also give something to along the way? Um, what do you do when you travel? Like, uh, you're on a lot of flights, you're in the car a lot, listening to books or, you know, you're reading books on the plane or, or meditating or what, what are you into? Sometimes sleeping, <laughs> um, podcasts. Like I have people that will like send me certain podcasts that are really, really good. And I'll listen to those. Um, sometimes catching up, like sometimes if I can be on Wi-Fi, I'll catch up in conversation with people because I can sit there and I can talk to you. I don't like to text anymore. I send voice notes now all the time. I'm big on the voice oh, notes. Oh, man. Because, like, <laughs> one, I'm a very direct person. Like, and I see that, like, especially, like, maybe it's just because I'm in business and, like, my dad's the same way. It's like, I'm not trying to beat around the bush with you. <laughs> I'm not going to sugarcoat it. It's not because I don't care about you. It's just, like, if I try to, like, baby you, you know, or, like, sugarcoat it or, like, have this, like, flower like this conversation before I just want to ask you the question it's just taking so much time and I only have so much time so I'm very direct with like when I get to a point or ask you a question and sometimes if I can just send you a voice note even if I'm very direct the people that I'm talking to they can feel that I'm I care for them still yeah so sometimes through text or email they can be like this bitch you know (laughs) I'm like no no I love you I'm just passionate and I don't have time to like have a conversation just answer the question yeah so this is going to be a little bit odd but like the voice notes thing Mm -hmm. is something that not a lot of people do now uh, I'm curious about this because uh, I have a a weird habit of just like standing in a cold shower and trying to uh, see how calm I can be helps me out helps me calm down do you have anything that you do that other people would think is really weird, but it just works for you. Yeah. And it helps you out. Yeah. When I'm very, <laughs> when I'm very stressed or anxious. Yeah. Um, I love the grocery store, like <clears throat> Costco. Yeah. It is. My mom's the same way. I can walk. I just walk through and I could be in there. Like people like some people, I have friends that like to grocery shop too. Mm-hmm. And a lot of people that don't, it's like they, when we're going to the grocery, they look at me and they're like, all right, we're here for one thing. And then we're out. Yeah. And they have to tell me that because like, I just love to look at labels. I love to find new items. And it calms, it literally calms me down. Really? Like I could go to Costco and just walk up and down the aisles. Even if it's like really busy in there, especially uh-huh. if I don't have to check out. If I'm just there to like look around. Yeah. Um, Do you make your rounds to like all the samples and stuff? <laughs> I mean, I look at them. <laughs> and if they're like worth tasting, absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. You hit up all the, uh, like the foot massagers and all that good stuff. I haven't done those ones yet. <laughs> yeah. Lately I've been, you know, really, I've been in there a lot looking at um, stuff for my office. Yeah. But uh, yeah, I like stuff like that. I like the hardware store. Like me and my dad used to go to the hardware store all the time. Mm-hmm. Um, and other than that, running, um, when I'm really anxious. Yeah. 
or like sometimes a lot of my stress or anxiety will literally come from like the number on my scale, like a hundred percent. Okay. Yeah. Not so much anymore. Okay. But like, because I've for a long time, like I, I definitely had, you know, like body image issues I have since I was little. I mean, I was, I was shamed about my body when I was very young, Mm -hmm. you know? And so I, it's something that can like, if I feel like I am behind or I've fallen off the wagon, I really preach to people like the, the power of, well, the power of intention, but like the power of like a moment and how we have so many every day, you know, and the ability to make a change it, literally now and how you can really do something now that can make you feel relief of like, okay, I've got started. Yeah. You know, and then from there taking it a moment at a time or a decision at a time, you know, a day at a time and um, going for like a long run where you ex- like I exert myself so much that I almost can't feel the stress anymore because I'm just like, oh, my body. You know, it's like I can take the ten- attention off of like the stress or anxiety and by the end of it, I feel so much better. And which is exactly why, like when I had my spine surgery, that was the first time I wasn't able to feel relief. Like as a dancer growing up, we used to always talk about it. I think gymnasts are the same way, like as, or someone that just does a lot of high intense training as an athlete, you're, we're crazy and weird. And when I am stressed or anxious, I need like some serious intensity for me to break through that. Like I have to exert myself so much that I then can feel relief. Mm-hmm. And when I had my neck, when I had my surgery, I couldn't. And it was hard. And I remember like my husband at the time was like, man, you need to work out. I'm like, yeah, tell me. I know, <laughs> you know, because I couldn't do anything that could get my heart rate up enough to have to feel any relief. And so I was built up with so much stress and anxiety. And so it took a few weeks to be able to get to a point where, and it was really just me being able to try and rework how I felt about everything and seeing everything as an opportunity for experiencing something that can allow me to relate to more people and experiencing it and enjoying it because I knew that it wouldn't last forever. And soon I would never have an excuse that I could tell my coach that would, you know, allow me to not do something. I was like, you know, I'm going to, I'm going to enjoy this right now. I'm going to enjoy not being able to train. I'm going to enjoy this because as soon as I'm healed, there will never be a good reason to not get work done. There will never be a good reason to like not totally care about my diet, right? So as soon as I was able to sort of change the way I thought about that, that gave me a little bit of relief. But yeah, I use exercise and HIIT workouts and running more than anything because sometimes if I had to go to like a CrossFit gym, I could do a Metcon that's really long and painful um, and that will do the trick. But sometimes I can't even, like, just, like, trying to get there to do that isn't possible. But I can always put running shoes on, good music in my ears, and I can run. And by the end of it, I always feel better. I think something we all forget a lot of times is that, you know, sometimes you're going to be sad. (laughs) Sometimes you're going to be mad. Sometimes, like, sometimes things are going to be going really good. Sometimes they're going to be not going so well, right? And uh, I think that we're always in search of, like, how do we kind of shift out of this mood? But I think sometimes you just got to be a little bit patient with it. Like you're in that moment for a specific reason. Mm -hmm. Uh, Jessica Smith, who was on our trip over to the, uh, uh, the Capitol today. Um, she just had a knee surgery Mm -hmm. and I was like, Oh, how you doing? You know, kind of checking in with her. How you doing? She's like, I'm not doing great. You know, cause I'm not moving around. I want to, I want to lift. And I said, that's fine. You should, that's okay to feel that way. Just Mm -hmm. go ahead and feel that way. It's good that you're, you understand that. 
And I was trying to give her some, you know, remedies in terms of uh, exercise that she can do, you know, try to focus on a couple things that she can do rather mm-hmm. than, you know, hone in on stuff that you can't because then yeah. you get even more uh, anxious and more anxiety. But we're supposed to have anxiety here and there. We're supposed to be depressed and upset. And there's going to be times we're going to go through different, different things, but that's what gets you to yeah. where you're at now. Yeah. My coach would, would do that a lot, especially at regionals. You know, it's... <clears throat> Even when I was at the games, like if, if something didn't go as planned, he would come over and he would say, okay, you get to, you get to feel this way for 10 more minutes, but then you get to move on and you get to move on to what are we going to do about it? You know, and how are we going to, how are we going to move on? And, um, that was like, that's an, I definitely practiced too. It's like, it's allowing, it's, it's knowing that it's like, it's okay for you to feel this way. Yeah. Someone, someone dies. Yeah. You definitely, you got time. Yeah. You got time. Take take however long you need, you know, but within reason, I guess, but it's going to take time to heal from something like that. Yeah. I, I was, I was actually in Italy when my grandpa passed away and my only living grandpa, cause my mom's dad died when I was like four. So I was in Italy filming the movie and I got, you know, a message mm. from my mom and it was like, and I couldn't come home. I missed the funeral. I missed everything, oh, wow. you know? And it was like, um, it's understanding too, or it's, this is where I think having just good people in your life that just know you, like, I don't need you to like, it's you, there's no, there's nothing you can say to someone to make that better. It's, and you just have to, you have to feel those things and, and know that it's, it's okay to feel those things, whether it's from someone dying or it's from, you know, you've trained for years to do, you know, to compete in the open, to go to the games and the day that the open starts. They tell you, you can't compete and we're going to cut your neck, your neck open. You know, like that was so hard for me. And I remember my coach is just telling me, um, as soon as you have surgery, you will feel so much better because you'll be on the other side of it and you'll start healing. You know, and that was true. It was like all of the, like the couple months, because I found out the day the open started and then my surgery was March 31st. And so all this time I wasn't training, you know, I I like was super emotional, the job, I was just sad, you know, and, um, but as soon as I had surgery, I was able to sort of start shifting that it did. It felt like I'm over the hump and now every day, every day is a day closer to recovery, a day closer to being able to compete again. And, um, but that was hard. It was, it was very hard to like allow myself to feel the things I want, I needed to feel too, but there's, you need to. You know, it, it, how long you feel that way is going to be different for different people. But it is important to understand that it's okay to feel sad, mad. And then what's cool is when you learn how to work through it. And that's, and that's why it's important to have those feelings because you learn, you know, if you're aware of yourself and you, you're in the moment and you, and you pay attention to yourself and, and you, you grow, you know, and, you're, and that will help you in all sorts of relationships, whether it's at home or in work, you know, friends interactions at the DMV, <laughs> at the airport, through TSA, <laughs> learning how to calm yourself down. <laughs> yeah. I think people need a book from Brookends. Oh, man. You know, I've had people ask me if I should write a book. No, no, you sh- absolutely should. You should start tomorrow. There I should start tomorrow. <laughs> <That's your> homework. <laughs> you how do you, you write just... a book? Uh, I don't know. I've just, had a few people that well, have asked me if I'd write one for, like, uh, teens. Find someone that writes and have them just take this podcast and write it. Yeah. And take the other podcast we did together. Yeah. Because you explained a lot. So yeah. I think it'd be really valuable for a lot of people. I think people would love that. And then you'd be an author. And that's a- not a bad, it's not a bad move. <laughs> yeah. Add into the acting and to the, 
entrepreneurship and the CrossFit and yeah. everything else that you've been doing. <laughs> yes. All right, guys, I'm going to write a book. That's it. There you go. There you go. <laughs> What's up with naked training? Mm. How do we get involved? Ooh. Well, well you're going to get involved in our first ever fitness These pants retreat. are tearaway. <laughs> I, I was prepared for this moment. Boom. <laughs> yeah. Um, what's up with it in general or what's up with the name? Just what's up with it in general. Oh, yeah. Okay. Uh, well, Naked Training is a, people were asking me for a long time if I was coaching or, or programming and things like that. And I never was. I mean, most of the things that I'm doing, I should say all the things I'm doing really, it was never something that I knew I was going to do. There was just always a moment where it was like, yeah, it's time. Like, this is the right time. And with the programming, I remember um, I was with Jake Hutton, really good friend of mine, business partner. And we were just talking about programming because he was also, he was writing stuff for uh, Steve Cook. And he was talking to me about how, you know, basically it would be a really good idea. And I was like, yeah, you know, maybe eventually. I just don't like to start things that I can't like really give 100% to, you know. That that's also why it's important to maybe have a team of people that you're collect. Your the goal of everyone is to really grow this thing. So no one person has to feel so much weight on their shoulders for something to, something to be successful. That's why it's important to have a team. And I'm slowly building a, a team. And um, I called him back like the next day, and I was like, "Hey, I think that's a really good idea." And he wanted to do it with me. And so we started doing this, and we wrote the Naked program, and it was an ebook first. We launched the ebook. We did a transformation challenge. The winner of the transformation challenge, we sent them to the CrossFit Games, and all expenses paid. We went, I had dinner with them, and she was, she crushed it, and looked incredible. And I met her and her husband. It was a very cool experience for her. And you know, and right after that, when it ended, it just moved into a program, an ongoing program. And we had the app was for free on the App Store, but you'd go to our website and you would basically purchase your program, and it'd give you a login. And it's a very intense program. It's not an easy program because making changes is not easy, you know. And so then through time, we launched a couple other programs. I always wanted to, I always wanted to launch the Peaches program, which is very lower body focused. And we did that. And then with both of them, we started noticing the people that were doing them because we have a very interactive Facebook group. Like our engagement's very high. I love my community that we're building. And started noticing and through asking questions too, um, like how many days a week, majority of my followers that are following the program are able to work out. What in the program are they able to do? And so then we did the Naked Light program. We, we did the Peaches Light program. So something that's less trading days, less volume. Trying to give something that is still a good program that will give you results, but more realistic for the people that are, from my people, like the percentage of people that are, are following the program. And it was going, it's going really well. I mean, we have a lot of athletes and we can drop more eBooks and we plan to do more eBooks. For all kinds of stuff, you know, but we kind of got together and we're like, how can we make something where we can help more people? Because what's really important to us too is growing outside of my industry. And I have a lot of people that don't do CrossFit that follow me. Um, and so we started looking at other programs and apps and things that are out there that are very big and are not in CrossFit. So you have like Kayla, I don't know her last name, but Sweat with Kayla. She has like, she's from Australia. And we started looking at her program, looking at her app. I mean, so many followers, huge business. It's like it's like bikini something, something bikini. Uh, and it's a it's a it's a piece of shit program. <laughs> I'm not even afraid to say it. 
However, it's a good thing because it works for some people and it gets people moving. You yeah, know, and regard, people, yeah. regardless of what you choose to do, to do something is better than doing nothing. So I do like that. But as far as like me wanting and us working on our program, we were trying, we're working on finding something that is a very high quality program. It's for people that really, you have to really want to work to do what I do. I'm not, I'm not going to make you like a, a body weight bikini program because that's not me. So what we're doing is we're trying to take the qualities of these programs that make them very attractive to a majority of people and give you ongoing program. A lot of those programs out there and in the apps, like these fitness apps, it's like an eight-week program that they just you just recycle it. Mm. You know, like they've brought in some trainer or some like they wrote uh, it three years ago. And, yeah, they just wrote yeah. it and they gave it to them and paid them. And it's like they never come back to it. And like we want you to have conversation with us. We want you to be coached by us. Big goal for me is to be able to do um, tours and like training camps around like the U.S., maybe even internationally where we come there. And if you're a naked athlete, you come for free. And that's where I can bring coaches and we can coach you because coaching in person is like way better than online. But we'll do what we can online through, you know, Facebook Messenger and then also through videos and things like that. But um, like how else can we, you know, how else can we hit a bigger market? Well, it's like, what's the price point? Well, we, if you're writing this serious program and I'm having you coach and you're in, you're working every day, it's like, it's, it, it's, you're, yeah, you're worth a lot of money. You know, that's the realisticness. And like, and that shows by looking at other programs that are available out there, you know, especially if it's taking, it's like, if you're doing work and it's taking your information, it's taking you re-educating yourself constantly because we're always growing, it's always growing, then that's expensive. So we're taking a chance on really dropping our price. And also instead of selling each program separately, we want you to have the opportunity to move freely through our programs when you want and we'll give it to you at a very cheap price so we're going to be as soon as we're right now we're in a uh, challenge and it's a transformation challenge and the winners we're doing five winners um the two like two and then top two are going to get all expenses paid to our fitness retreat and it's in southern utah i'm very excited about it i've already signed my mom up to cook for everyone for at least one night she's a really great cook and then the other three will just have they'll do their travel but then we'll get we'll take care of everything else and as soon as that's over we are launching our new app which is uh, a membership um the price point is going to be $19.99 monthly or you can pay for a year in full which will be $12.99 um Within that, you will get to move freely through all of our programs. We'll have one very specific one that is the, the uh, like if you log in, it's uh, that's like the one that everyone's going to follow. But you can you can go into the other ones, and then long long term, you know, I look at we're going to have a like postpartum program. We're going to have a pregnancy program. Um, we have a home gym program that has been written, and we're we are currently filming all of the exercises for it. And so we're looking at a lot of those different things and travel things. Like I travel a lot. So it's perfect for me to be able to, when I'm in hotels or when I'm in my hotel room or when I'm in like a random global gym I've never been to, um, do a workout that's a travel workout. And now I can, you know, give things to other people that are traveling all the time. So, and all of that, and we're just going to keep growing it for $19.99 a month, you know, because <laughs> we're taking the chance on saying that we know our product is really good and we 
our biggest goal is to reach more people and help more people. And the 90% of people that can't afford, you know, hundreds of dollars a month for a program, and we still are going to give you the communication through Facebook, our, our Facebook group, and we are still going to send the videos and we are still going to keep the ongoing programs going. All this stuff that costs a lot of money, but we want to give it to you at a very small cost because that's this is our really only chance to try and help more people. And it could totally bomb. Like it could like not do well at all. Or it could be amazing. And I can, you know, grow this brand to be so much bigger and, and grow the company to be so much bigger than it currently is. I'm following something like Kayla, like Sweat with Kayla, you know. But I would rather attempt to make something massive and take the chances and the risk and have it blow up in my face <laughs> than to never do that because I'm so scared of it not working. So with the Naked program, it's, uh, it's growing and the team's growing, which is super exciting. And besides like those changes we already have lined up, um, something that I really, really want to do because I love getting in front of people and I love interacting with my fans um, is doing like a tour and being able to take like the Naked training and do like little camps all over the place where if you already follow the program, you come for free. And if you don't, but you want to come, you can either sign up for the program or pay this fee and come for the weekend. You know, and we'll have all of our coaches there. It could be something that maybe Mark's there. You never know. <laughs> you know, and do something like that. And we, we bring people and we focus on all the stuff that is really important to get some hands-on coaching. And then at the same time, you know, have a good time, like eat good food with one another, get to know one another and uh, like make it, make it, Make it an experience that you'll remember because you're either coming because you really want to know what we have to say or you're coming because you just want to spend more time with the people that you like. So it needs to be an experience, not just a cookie cutter workshop or a cookie cutter seminar. Thank you so much for uh, coming to the Capitol building with me today. That yeah, was a lot thank of fun. You. It was a lot of fun. We got to meet a crap load of people. And it was, uh, <laughs> Shook a lot of hands. Yeah, it was it was a good day, and thank you so much for sharing all this stuff on uh, on the podcast today. Yeah. Really appreciate it. It's always awesome having you come here. You're a class act. You're somebody that I admire, and thank you. I watch your Instagram, and I check out all the stuff you're doing all the time, and I see the negative, I see the positive comments, I see all of them coming in. So I like to tease you here and there. Yeah, I send you messages sometimes. I know. About <laughs> I do. I like it. Your fake biceps and stuff like <laughs> yeah. that. Anyway, that's all the time we got for today. Strength is never weakness. Weakness is never strength. Catch you guys later.